0: Welcome to Iwoofs with your hosts, Dr. Ian and Kelly Dunbar, and me, Jamie Dunbar. So, what do we have this week, Kelly?
1: This week, we're going to talk about leadership, um, hierarchies, and dogs. Um Alpha. Does Alpha exist? You mean like, the who's the
0: boss? Who's the, we know who the boss is. What's, what's <laughs> the point? What's the, studio, the point of having a radio program house. about it? Yeah. No, in dogs. In dogs. In oh, dogs. that's a different matter. Or, or
1: between the, di- the dynamics with dogs and humans. Yeah, okay. So um, we do have a question. Imagine that. We have a question, Jamie. Question, right.
0: please. Qu- question from our viewer audience. Listener audience, our puppy is very socialized. She has had a puppy training course and goes to daycare at least once a week and loves it. Our problem is that Izzy thinks she's the boss. She is getting better about responding to sit and down but does not come when we call her unless she knows there's a treat waiting for her. One of the bad habits we're trying to break is jumping, jumping on us and people. She's even improving in that area because we're telling her to sit when that happens. The two biggest concerns are her not coming when called and the jumping. What do you suggest? Additional outside training, or is this something that can be corrected with constant home training by us? Yeah, the, the, the training thing here is is really, um, it, yeah, let's just train the dog to sit, to say hello, then we don't jump up. Let's yeah, train the dog to come when called, cool, train the dog to do stays. That's one thing. That this whole, though, people for some reason have this, like, quest for the cause. Like, why is the dog doing this? Well, the reason why your dog's not coming when called is you haven't yet taught her to come when called when you don't have a treat in your hand. Very basic training. So, go to class, train the dog, watch our videos on Dogstar, train your dog, train your dog at home, train the dog with a trainer, that's that. The issue is, Izzy thinks she's the boss. So what? Um, sounds a very sort of glib cavalier comment but it's not Um, that comment and that flavor to training that the dog thinks she's the boss you know she knows it's wrong the dog's doing it to to annoy us that this type of attitude changes the dog human relationship into something that's adversarial so i think that's the big issue does this whole nature of the boss thing or the alpha does it, does it really exist because in dog human relationships sorry, humans are the boss we know better in most situations we give the instructions it's our house, it's very simple and we're going to teach the dog to do it we're going to teach the dog to want to do it but the notion of the dog hierarchy and is it important to training I think that's a, a very different question entirely so which where, I will talk about. Yes. Yeah, so where, so where do we go? Well, I mean, oh, you've, you've
1: touched on something very important. I mean, I think a lot of people feel um personally uh what's the word? insulted when their dog it does not listen to them. And I think there's, you know, there, there's there's a couple things there. One of them is is the dog trained to compliance. I mean, does the dog even know what they want? So there's that assumption that the dog already knows. And then there's a secondary assumption that the dog knows and is now willfully disobeying in in order to, to what, you know, Put, go up the uh, the ranks in the in the, in the family? I mean, yeah, the, the, it's,
0: the, the, it's the word willfully I take exception with. When we, we teach dogs, We first we have to teach the meaning. Because
1: that's the assumption when they're saying boss.
0: Yes, first we have to teach dog the meaning of the word sit. Now, just because the dog knows what sit means doesn't mean to say the dog's going to do it. This is not willful disobedience. It's just when a dog's chasing a squirrel or sniffing another dog's butt and you say, Rover, sit. The dog says, I don't think so. I mean, what an inappropriate thing for you to say at the moment. That doesn't mean to say that the dog is willfully being disobedient to get your goat or to enter into a dominance and a battle with you. He's just not doing what you want because you haven't sufficiently motivated him yet.
1: And isn't motivation so, really the key to any relationship?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the key to any relationship is teaching the other party to want to see things well, your way you and to want to do things ways. We your way. to
1: do it this way, right? I mean, you know, you can motivate
0: every way when we're motivating we have to use everything and we mainly have to use the things which are most motivating for the trainee so what is it that your dog really wants that's and, and and what is it your dog really wants it's the distraction that stops him from doing what you want so once you use distractions as rewards it takes care of a lot of this obedience issue but the other issue is that the owner takes it as an insult. Oh, come on, just, just get over it. You know, trust me, the dog is not out to get you here. Well,
1: lots of people the, think their dog should listen to them simply because they are in charge and they're human. They think, I, because I said so, and that is the end, the beginning and the end of motivation.
0: And that, that, sadly, is the end of most relationships. When you say you're going to listen to me because I said so, because, in fact, you didn't really say much. And what you said didn't make sense to the dog.
1: But, but and, I'm alpha, I'm in charge. And That's then
0: immediately why. we go downhill. And and what do you mean you're alpha? What does that mean? I mean, I don't go into the bank and say, I'm alpha, you're beta, you're gamma. I mean, it's such a, a silly, simplistic way to look at, at any social structure, whether we're talking about dogs or people. So, you know, the, the question is really, does this alpha thing exist? Do dominance hierarchies exist? And, and, and the answer is really no and no.
1: Well, I think there's two questions. Does it exist? And if it exists, even if it does in some way, and within, among dogs or wolves, let's say. Let's say, I think this all comes from, from wolves, right? This is where the, the notion comes of Alpha, right?
0: It, it, it doesn't actually come from wolves, no. It comes from people's absolutely simplistic Mickey Mouse interpretation of so, wolf behavior. So there's... So, no, wolves have hierarchies, certainly. Dogs, if they live in groups... Which is seldom, because most dogs live with people, but if dogs, say a pack of hounds, live together in groups, and humans don't intervene, then dogs have very distinct hierarchies, linear hierarchies in males, not so linear hierarchy in females. However, that's not the social structure, it's not as simplistic as that. We get many other things, for example, male-female relationships. Females have a load of female amendments to male hierarchical rule. And the number one is, I have it, you don't. And a very low-ranking female, a bitch, can easily keep a bone away from a very high-ranking male. Then we get into personal relationships. Let's say that Peggy loves Ken, and Ken happens to be the top dog. Well, now Peggy has a privileged status and that other dogs won't mess with her because then they're messing with Ken so when you actually look at the dog social structure it's very similar certainly as complex as, as human social structure but, but people simplify it to no, dogs have a hierarchy it's linear, it's dominance one dog will dominate another to keep things going therefore that's how we have to dominate dogs to get them to listen to us quite a leap it, it hit hugely, I and also, it's wrong, 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 and it's not very nice. <laughs> I
1: have my, I have a question. This is my own question that has come from this, um, rather than a reader question. So, this you know, it, alpha in in a dog or, or wolf, um, you know, pack or group is often seen as the. A lot of people see that as the bully. Now, in what instances does the, the leader dog or wolf really ever come up and, and bully the smaller dogs or the, young, you know, the weaker dogs? Does, does the alpha come over and take a bone away from somebody? Because in my many years of working with the dogs anyway, regardless of their status, it seems like there are some basic rules of etiquette. You know, like, for instance, like, you know, just as a human example, even though humans aren't dogs, you know, just because um, Barack Obama is president at the moment doesn't mean that if he's at a state dinner, he's going to go up to someone's plate and take food off of their (laughs) plate.
0: You know,
1: it doesn't matter if they know he's in charge. He doesn't have to prove it that way. And he would never do that. There are social rules.
0: No, it's very different. Is it the same? Well, it's very different if we have a large social group of dogs living together. Yes, you may get one dog to come up and take a bone away from another dog, but it's not going to be a dominance manoeuvre. The whole point of hierarchies is to stop arguments happening that two dogs are never competing over one bone. If a bone is there, the ownership is decided just because of the hierarchy. So the whole point of having hierarchies is so fights don't happen, disagreements don't happen. However, with small groups of domestic dogs living with people, it's entirely different. And, you know, in almost any domestic group I know, uh, you included, you cannot give, for example, a stuffed football a big kahuna, to just one dog out of our three. I do. All three. No, no, come on. All three get them. No, no, no. And this no. is the way I it is. I have done
1: it. I've done it, when, especially if someone's yep. going to be created.
0: All right. Oh, that's different. Okay, yeah. So if little Hugo, precious little Hugo, le petit dauphin de Villa Fenici, has to go in his crate for whatever reason, he will get a stuffed football and the other dogs don't. Sometimes. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you guys get your freedom. Little Hugo here is going in the crate for a little bit of downtime. But usually most owners, they try and treat all their dogs equally, and the dogs learn we aren't going to run out of bones. We aren't going to run out of stuffed Kongs. We aren't going to run out of kibble. It's there six o'clock every day.
1: Well, part of so, that is to even avoid trouble. I wouldn't want to give them you know, one nice high-value item yeah, to one the, dog. You know,
0: the point I'm making is I've seen many small social groups of dogs where none of them would ever take toys or bones from any of the others. They've learned we are three dogs, we live together, and we each have a bone. On the other hand, I've met groups of, like when Phoenix and Oso lived together, I gave six stuffed Kongs to the dogs. Phoenix wanted all six. <laughs> so then Oso had to do things like he'd run to the window and go, whoa, 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 squirrel, squirrels. So Finny would say, what's that? And then he'd grab a Kong and go down the garden and chew it. So it's different. But the whole point is, there's no fight there's no argument, and this is the picture that it creates a dominance hierarchy that one dog is now saying, I want my bone, if you don't give it to me I'll beat you up. No, that doesn't happen. It it doesn't happen. That hierarchies, yes we have them, yes they're linear with males, if they live together without human intervention, but they are created developmentally. You come into the hierarchy as the tea boy. You're in the male room. You are a puppy, you are an ant. In the doggy social universe, every other dog here is higher ranking to you. If you're a puppy. If you're a puppy. As you get older, oh, there's other puppies coming in below you. Now you can lord it over them. And as you get really old, you suddenly find yourself, I'm the oldest dog here. Wow, I now have top dog status. Like our Claude, bless his heart. I mean, no one could say Claude is a dominant aggressive dog. Here is this this doofus who's wandering around whoop whoop but he is the top dog now he is the man he very seldom though rebukes the other dogs and it's usually only if they bump into him and so this is the huge misunderstanding people think that the hierarchy is maintained through physical domination it isn't and it couldn't be if one dog tried to physically dominate a group tried to live by the sword that dog will die by the sword hierarchies are created. Have you, Pardon? have you
1: ever seen that?
0: I have, sadly, and it's, it's very fast. And I mean, where there is
1: a dog that's bullying everybody. In the there coast, was one
0: imagine? instance of a dog who was very brittle. She, she lived by the sword. She was very brittle. She thought she, it was, she was very growly, very bellicose, lots of fights. And one day she just disappeared. I never saw it. This
1: was in but, your beagle group.
0: Yes, but I knew um, the dogs where, you know, that, that were involved here. But you, you cannot have a dog that competes with the group. It, it it just doesn't happen. And this is the fallacy that an alpha dog, they call it, is growly and gets into fights. I mean people come to me and say, Oh yeah, my dog's alpha, you know, whoa, yeah, whoa. It's like, no. When we looked at dogs living in groups and asked the question, who's growling? Who's getting into fights? Is it the top dog? No. He doesn't need to. I mean, why would a top dog ever need to fight or growl? Well, why would they He's want
1: to? I also take it a step Absolutely. Like if they get in a fight, there's always a chance you'll lose.
0: But the point is, and he doesn't need yeah. to. He is the top dog he is the boss he is the il capo de tutti capo no one is going to question him
1: and what if, what if so, the, do, so then, like, then the what question let's finish this thought
0: first i you know, I know you, you really want to interrupt but we've right. got to get this thought out so much so who this. so who is growling and fighting it's the middle-ranking insecure male dogs and, and this to me is the thing people say i have an alpha dog he's dominant why he's growling and fighting a lot then by definition he's middle ranking and he's most probably male and insecure once he gets to be older and more secure in his position as a higher ranking dog or a top dog there's no need to growl or fight unless we as humans I think this was going to be your point mess things up by saying I got a great idea here's a group of six dogs that get along let's bring in an adult male dog they don't know yeah Now we're going to have a period of uncertainty, but this doesn't happen in the wild ever. This is so abnormal for normal dog behaviour or for normal wolf behaviour. You wouldn't get a singleton come and join a pack. But we as humans are doing this, and yeah, it's going to be a little unsettling. And this goes back to last week. This is one great advantage of dog parks, because now owners can practice this on a regular basis. And if they do have a good dog park dog, a dog that they can take to the dog park and he's cool, he's going to be cool because he's always meeting adult dogs that he doesn't know. Okay. And so if we do bring an adult dog into an established group or pack, yeah, it is going to mess things up and then until the dogs work out who's who, and then it settles down again. And we now have, we, we know the fixed hierarchy, so we don't have arguments. And the whole point about the hierarchy is it was to prevent Physical altercations which could be so dangerous in pack living because in pack living the whole point of living in a pack is every dog has a function every dog the dumb dog has a function the fearful dog has a function see the fearful dog lets everyone sleep at night they sleep happily why because if anything happens the fearful dog goes oh
1: something's happening happening."
0: then all the other dogs can wake up so in a pack, every dog has a function. So as a pack, we never want to harm any individual dog unless the individual dog doesn't fit into the pack. And the dogs that don't fit into the pack are the ones which are overly and overtly physically dominant and aggressive. And if they continue to do that, again, they will disappear. They cannot compete with the pack.
1: And then how how much of this, if any, of this uh, applies than to to the human-dog relationship. I mean, because, again, going back to the full circle, you know... if people are, are saying I need to be in charge, I need to be the boss. I mean, you know, we, do, we are the leaders of our dogs. We should be Absolutely. the leaders of our yeah. dogs. So yeah. do, do we take this model? Do we, you know, I, I mean, I personally think that, you know, we're humans, we're not dogs. I'm not going to go and do things. That no, I,
0: I find the human analogies are always very useful. And it's like, you know, when, when Jamie was growing up, I, at times I had to be in charge. I'm the parent. Um, I can't think of a single time when the two of us have had an argument. I think of twice when he upset me. We won't go into it when he punched me when he was a little boy. But we have maintained control and hopefully, you know, educated and taught him without ever being physical and without ever falling out of love. And I think that's so important. And so it is with our dogs. Yes, we're the bosses. Yes, we're in control. Yes, we're educating the dog and giving instructions. But nowhere is it written that we should grab the dog by the scruff and bite him in the back of the neck and shake him and frighten the living daylights out of him so his entire life is a misery. This is the the total rubbish, you know, to extrapolating a little bit of misunderstood wolf behavior to dog-dog behavior to then dog-human relationships.
1: Let's look at a few of those Those. wives tales like peeing over your dog's urine or not letting your dog eat first (laughs) oh you hear these things you know
0: it's Um, again you see if you take each one it's laughable like a dog shouldn't go through a door before you a dog should never stand over you and all of this stuff but rules are useful and what owners want with dogs are lots of rules like if i say sit you must sit you mustn't cross the boundary without an instruction Uh, you don't jump on the bed in the morning until I invite you up it doesn't matter what the rules are though but lots of rules are really important and with children and with animals I like to have lots of little meaningless rules you know like you can't go in this room for for no reason you know for the dogs well there are reasons this is the only non-dog room in the house but no as a dog you're not allowed in this room and that's the rule that we debate and that's the rule that you adhere to and I teach. Why? Then the big arguments won't happen, like, whose pig's ear is this? I, I never want to have an argument like that with a big dog, where the dog thinks it's my pig's ear, and I think, oh, no, 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 I have to be able to take it from you to test that a child could. So when you have lots of little rules, big problems don't happen, but you don't have to adhere to the things that they list that you've got to eat first. I mean, we never eat first in our house before the dogs.
1: I like them to be yeah. fed and calm and quiet so I can then go on duty and have my own And when account.
0: going through doors, I always have my dog go first so I can say, sit. Okay, outside, sit immediately. Mm-hmm. Then I check before I close the door, I've got my house keys. You know, and so, and and when I had Phoenix, that was only, that's ladies go first. You know, she was a female dog, she goes before me. So the silly things they say, and we call it the rank reduction program is what it is. You reduce the dog's rank by insisting that, he, he, you know, it, it's too silly for words. We're, we're being utterly lupomorphic. <laughs> it's like we're pretending that we are wolves. Well, any dog... I mean, a Basset can look at us and in a blink of an eye says, she's not a wolf. Neither am and I. And he's not my father. Well, yeah, precisely. You know no. And so why are we pretending? Well, I mean, that, next we'll be peeing as, uh, to communicate with our dogs, peeing on the walls of the houses, we, you know, the house we live in. It is too silly for words.
1: Well, well, dogs aren't wolves and we're not wolves or dogs. So I don't see why we should no, have to No, we people.
0: That. And we're meant to be more intelligent. And so let's be the educators and teach the dog, please adhere to all these little rules like don't chew furniture, chew chew toys. Uh, You can bark when someone steps on our property, but not when someone walks by. You must shush when I say so. Rules are important, but we can enforce them by being sweet. We have to be insistent, but we enforce these rules.
1: I think... um you talked about the rank reduction program that so many people employ when they feel their dog is getting out of control. Um, I think a, I, I would hate to see people get confused with that and, um, nothing in life for free protocols. I think a better twist on a rank reduction protocol, but yet very different for, with a very different, um, outcome and, and, and focus is just making sure the dogs get our, our, our complying to our request to get things in life that they like. Do you think? I mean, can you talk Absolutely. About rank reduction versus like nothing in life. Oh, yeah.
0: Rate? Well, rank reduction is we're acknowledging that these rules and things you have to do have to do with this dominance hierarchy between you and the dog that's trying to beat you in the, in the adversarial arena of dog training, whereas nothing in life is free is simply motivating your dog to want to keep to the rules that you explained them. Um, I like to call it... Um, teach your dog to say please for everything the same way as you would teach a child if you say um do do you want dessert jamie yes please yes then certainly here's the dessert okay and same thing with a dog would you like me to put your leash on then say please how do you say please as a dog you sit okay do you want me to open this door then say please sit sit. again yeah when in doubt sit And that you end up, now we go to the car, you want to get in the car, then sit.
1: This isn't about control or dominance. It's It's about
0: control. It's not about dominance. But what we end up with is the dog when we say, Rover, sit. And the dog says, good call, owner. I love sit. Because you know what? Always after sit comes something good. And it's something I like. So in a sense, we're actually teaching the dog.
1: To manipulate us. To
0: train (gasps) us. I I wouldn't say manipulate. Then
1: they're getting ahead of us. But
0: now the dog has learned that politeness works. And it's like what I say to people. I think
1: some people do. I've said that mockingly. But some people have that problem. No, I'm not going to have, you
0: know. If someone says to me, I don't want my dog to manipulate me. I just say, then you better get a goldfish. Or actually, no, get a rock. Because dogs are ten times the trainer's. That most humans are. And most dogs can train their owners to shop for them, to drive for them, to massage them, to cook for them, to walk them, to open doors for them. You know, dogs are trainers. dogs dogs are a very
1: successful species, aren't they? Not as good as cats.
0: But, yeah, dogs are absolutely Mm -hmm. brilliant at training their owners. So when they say, I don't want my dog manipulating me, it's like a husband saying, I don't want my wife to manipulate me. Well, buddy, then don't get married. Because, I'm sorry, she's going to have you trained so fast, you, you, you don't know what's happening. Getting hung up about being manipulated. Well, that's your hang-up. Hello? You know, I don't know what happened in your upbringing, but if you're hung up that a Cocker Spaniel Puffy is manipulating you, then you've got some problems. You know, you really have some self-esteem problems here. So, you know, I want the dog to be able to express... Um, its needs and its preferences. You know, when I, I live with a dog, I don't want the dog to have to do everything my way. I want the dog to be able to say, you know, I'd actually like you to get this toy down and play with me now. And how does Dune do that? Dune will go and sit and look at that toy for what, two minutes, three minutes? And then do we take notice? Usually you do after 30 seconds to say, oh, Ian, he wants to play with you. Go and play with him. And after three minutes, I eventually say, oh, all right but he's asking in such a nice way if he were barking at me I would say I'm sorry buddy you don't shout at me to get me to do things but if you say please nicely I actually want to please you so it's not a manipulation it's it's called living together you know we're living together we're having a good time here (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought you meant stop. No, you went, thought you meant hurry going. up. You meant keep, going. keep going. No, and, and, and it really is. It's just the, um, it's the central theme of living with a dog, that the dog is meant to be on your team. I mean, he's so your who's companion. who's in charge yeah,
1: we're, in, we're in charge, ultimately. Ultimately,
0: we, we, we make the final call, but we don't have to do it all the time. We can if the dog says, I'd really like to play ball now. Or, you know, you haven't walked me for three days because it's been raining. Please take me for a walk now. I I like to listen to the dog and accommodate. I want a dog that can then can communicate its wishes and preferences and feelings. However, occasionally, if I say sit, it usually means I know better.
1: And training is all about just compliance. We train them. It means...
0: Yep, and it could be any sort of emergency could be happening. Uh, Relations have come and two children are off leash. Or you open the door, it's Halloween, and you've got 20 children dressed up as goblins or, or green turtles or something. And you've got to control your dog quickly before he gets into trouble. So sit means sit. Very occasionally, it's like we have a sticker on the fridge, a magnet, I don't know whether you've seen it, and it says, because I'm the daddy, that's why. And very occasionally, we have to say that to the dog because I'm the human. That's why. But it's very occasionally. And if you have a good relationship, it then doesn't need to be enforced.
1: So going back to the question with the cocker spaniel early on, I think it's cocker spaniel, Izzy. Um, I don't know what that means. Um, so, you know, so teach her, train her through communicate, with communication to follow through, make sure that she's trained to fluency and that you can communicate with her, get your compliance, and, your, and then you are the leader. And have lots of roles,
0: and then you are the boss. You are Izzy's boss, but hopefully you are a benevolent boss that enjoys, you know, living with Izzy. Yeah, it's, it's it, I, I really hate this flavour on dog training, that we have to be in control and dominate the dog, and it must do what we say. I really like the feel that, no, we are living with a dog and we're going through life together. This is my buddy at home. This is who I walk with. This is who I talk to. And and we don't want to dominate or squish a dog like that.
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And thank you, Jamie. No problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all for this episode of iWoofs. Thank you for listening.